Fans and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, it's all Illinois. It's game preview, uh, our second episode of the week, and we'll actually have a third one that'll be more of a Big Ten preview out on Friday. Um, on Monday, we broke down the uh, depth chart and, and kind of did a wrap up of the off season. Uh, but today's going to be all Illinois. So if you haven't uh, talked about any or listen to um, any of the previous couple. Of course, the Scary Alvarez one is still out there um, and ready to be listened to. Um, so go back and, and check a couple of those out. But today, um, with the game on Friday, we wanted to get this out because uh, it will give you guys a couple days to listen to it before Friday's kickoff. And then the Friday episode will be a little bit more Big Ten specific, uh, like we mentioned on the last episode, just kind of talking about conference predictions. Uh, nothing that's too dated, so it gives you uh, the entire weekend to listen to that and, and still enjoy it and don't feel like you're missing out on anything. But today is all Illinois. I'm excited to be talking game preview. Uh, it feels so good to be at this moment. It feels like it's been uh, forever since we've done one of these. I We had an interview with uh, the Champagne Room, which will be in the back half of the show, about 20 minutes of good content, uh, giving us a rundown on what to expect from Illinois. So, a fun episode. Uh, really excited to talk some football. But uh, Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm pumped that it's game week. This game is, like I said before, I'm super excited for this game simply because there is so many unknowns going into the game on the Badger side. That's usually not the case, especially when you consider the fact that we haven't had fall camp to be able to watch these guys practice. We haven't been able to see it with our own eyes. It's just more of what have the coaches been playing, saying in players? It's it's a little different, and I'm I'm excited to see. Um, you know, is the Chimray DK Nick Herbig hype for real? Um, what's the running back um, you know room going to look like? How is everything going to um, gel on offense? So I think there's a lot of questions going into it, but I think that's also exciting, especially when you consider the fact that they're opening up with the Big Ten opponent. Yeah, it's it's very exciting. You know, you know be the the first game to kick off in the conference. I know it's been a long time coming to get Big Ten football back in these few weeks of college football that we've had without them uh, has been hard to watch. And you know, not having the Big Ten, that uh, 11 o'clock Purdue-Northwestern game on ESPN2 has, has really been hurting my soul to not have it and, and not having the Pac-12 after dark uh, on top of that to, to finally start getting these conferences back. I know the Mountain West is back this weekend as well. Uh, it'll start to feel a little bit more normal, and, and of course, everyone's excited to have Badger football back. But uh, this is a good uh, first season test. Uh, you know, it, it's it's got a lot of intrigue. Um, I know there's a lot of people that uh, I was looking at the spread for writing up my betting preview. People have been really hammering on Illinois, so there's a this this game has got a lot of tests for Wisconsin to answer early, um, which I think is good. We're going to see, of course. Graham Mertz, we're going to see some new faces on the defensive side of the ball. We're going to have to see what they look like without uh, Jonathan Taylor. So a lot of intrigue for both Badger fans and people just interested in, in watching the Big Ten Conference. I think this will be a good game. But maybe we'll start there with the, the offensive side of the ball. New faces kind of all over. Uh, we broke, broke down the depth chart on Monday, so we know what it's going to look like when it starts out. But, of course, the, uh, the big focal point is going to be what they're going to do on offense. Um, how they're going to uh, attack this Illinois defense. And, of course, you're going to have to do that with uh, you, a new quarterback, uh, a new running back. You know, Garrett Groshek uh, might be the guy that's out there in the snaps, and Nikia Watson has taken plenty of snaps, but they're not Jonathan Taylor. You've got to replace Quintus Cephas. We all know that. But if you're looking at it, maybe we'll start with what we think uh, the offense and defense are going to try and do. What do you think is going to be Wisconsin offense's kind of approach to this game to, to come out and, and start clicking early? I'm guessing it'll it'll be fairly similar to what we've seen in the past. 
I anticipate that the Badgers are going to try to establish Nakia Watson early. Um, you know, he, he's got to be the guy that they want. Uh, he, he's been talked about. He got his reps last year to kind of make sure that he's ready to go. But now it's a matter of him running behind a really talented offensive line that is really – You've got mostly seniors and juniors here uh, along that offensive line uh, as is the starter. So there's no reason for this line not to impose its will a little bit. And it's going to be up to Nikia Watson, Garrett Groshek, and uh, Isaac Grendo to to make sure that they're hitting the holes and and going because you want to be able to make sure that you've got a solid running game to allow uh, Graham Mertz to get his feel into the game as well, be able to not have to throw the ball 30 times, but instead set up, be able to take some shots down the field and and open up the offense a bit, but at the same time using the backbone of the play action, using uh, Garendo, Watson, and Groshek as the main pillars of the offense. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I in my keys to victory post the other day, you know, I, I put run the dang ball, and I think that's going to be important. That you look at for Wisconsin, I, I think you, uh, I mean, wow, we're we're so bold saying Wisconsin's got to run the ball, but I think it's it really is true here um, in this game to to not only get the offense clicking and rolling the way you want it to all season, but to also let Graham Mertz uh, dip his dip his toes in and get a you know, accustomed to the game, maybe get him some easy completions early uh, and balance that off of the run game. And to do that, you know, if you've got play action that you can go to, um, to get him some high percentage throws, work him in there, uh, I think it's going to be important because it's going to be, you know, we don't know, the, the Jack Cohen injury is still ruled as indefinitely, but it looks like it's going to be Graham Mertz for the, the, the future here. So to get him ready to go um, is going to be important, but for the offensive side of the ball, you also look at the opposing uh, team. I think the the weakness for Illinois a little bit, and, and Stephen Cohn of the Champagne Room talked about this a little bit, is is maybe going to be their defensive line. They've got some guys that are juniors and seniors in there that have played a little bit of football, but they don't necessarily have the the dominating guys uh, you know on their defensive line that they, they kind of did last year with Oluwe Batiku, uh, a name that is always hard to do. He had nine sacks. Uh, last year for Illinois. So the pass rush was there, but if you can kind of run at that front of, of maybe inexperienced guys with a very experienced offensive line and, and get the offense clicking and rolling early, hopefully you can uh, start to put this game away earlier than what happened last year because you saw what happened when Illinois gets to hang around. It doesn't end well, and uh, you know the Badgers fell victim, uh, victim to it uh, just a season ago. Yeah, I mean, if you take a snapshot of that game last year in the middle of it, they the Badgers were, were cruising and everything seemed all systems go, but it was the Badgers game, and then the wheels fell off. But I agree with you. The, the offensive line needs to establish themselves in this game and take advantage of that the front four of Illinois because they do have really good linebackers. Jake Hansen is a stud. He's a, he's a kid who was – I think he was like third in the team in tackles last year. Mm-hmm. But you look at what he can bring as a dynamic playmaker, and he's a really solid linebacker. And then their cornerbacks and safeties back there are, should be pretty good. Um, I, I'm excited to see if if that freshman they've got, Marquez Beeston, is is lives up to the hype. I know I've I've got uh, some family that is from the Illinois area and call themselves Illini fans, so uh, it's. They've been talking him up as a as the real deal at corner. Uh, we'll see if he's going to be the starter this year. But at the same time, I think really the, it's going to start with the run game if it's the Wisconsin offense like it always has, and that'll open up your pass game to to take some pressure off of Graham Mertz in the first start. Yeah, I think that'll be really important. And it'll be a nice little uh, test. You know, you're not going to go up against a, a defense that is uh, you know going to be one of the tops in the nation, but it's not going to be just a cakewalk like. You've seen some Badger seasons. You open up with a, a lesser opponent, uh, a group of five team, sometimes even an FCS team, uh, where you can kind of dip your toes in and, and get things working without worrying about going against the Big Ten front. That's not the case this year, and, and it's not the case for anyone. You know, Wisconsin was going to open with Indiana regardless, who is another team that uh, bring back some guys. But it's going to be a good first test for Wisconsin before uh, getting ready to take on Nebraska. But you got to take care of business on the Illinois front. So. Let's uh, let's transfer over to the de- defense a little bit here. Um, Brandon Peters back for Illinois. Uh, their their four leading receivers are back, led by Josh Inadabamote. <laughs> Ima Corbebe. 
Imoto e- Bebe. There we go. Yep. Imator Bebe. Imator Bebe. Gosh, that last name. Him <laughs> and Batiku got me last year all the time, and I, I stumbled on it in the interview. We did that this morning. Uh, with the champagne room, and he's like, you almost got it. And I was like, I'm, I'm trying. I know who he is. He's a great player. You know, it's not like I'm butchering his name on purpose. It just always catches me up. But great receiver, USC transfer over to Illinois, uh, coming into his second season uh, with the Fighting Illini. His brother is actually a tight end um, for Illinois as well. You know, they talked, you know, Stephen talked a lot about uh, a strong tight end room that they've got, but uh, the big question, I think, for the Badgers is how they're going to uh, attack this Illinois offense that brings back some experience uh, on the line as well. So what do you think is going to be Jim Leonard's main philosophy on, on how to attack this offense? Because there's nice pieces in in the passing game. The running game looks like it might be a struggle, but uh, I think strength on strength is, is going to be uh, you know definitely showing in this matchup. It's all going to come down to the ability for Jim Leonard to dial up pressure uh, against that. Peters was was much better um, when he had time to throw, which, like any quarterback, um, he is not super mobile. He's not going to be a guy who's who's going to run past you like uh, some of the Illinois quarterbacks uh, of the past. So they've got a really solid offensive line. I think it was like four of the five starters are back. Um, like you said, the wide receiver room is good, but then, yeah, you've got a guy like Luke Ford who – was a really talented recruit who ended up transferring back from Georgia due to some family stuff. I'm not sold yet on Mike Epstein after coming back from that leg injury, but I do think that if the Badgers can figure out a way to get to the quarterback and and disrupt kind of the rhythm that Brandon Peters is in, that this offense is in, it will definitely help them. The Badgers have a strength in the secondary with a lot of guys returning, so you need to be able to trust those cornerbacks to, to hold up hold their own in the island and be able to bring guys like Isaiah Greenman and, and Nick Herbig. But now it's a matter of those guys need to make it happen. The Badgers are replacing a lot at that outside linebacker spot. I, I expect to see a lot of Leo Chanel in the backfield as well on blitzes. I think he'll be used a lot like Chris Orr was with um, coming in on, on blitzes as well. So, But it's going to be can they get pressure because I trust the – the front seven in terms of stopping the run. I, I think they should be really stout with that, especially with that D-line. But it's a matter of can that front seven dictate the game and, and not allow Illinois to, to pick them apart and, and find their weaknesses because there's always a weakness in a defense. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, you look at, uh, you know, I, I talked about, you you mentioned Luke Ford at the tight end position. They've got a couple other guys that are, are big, tall, uh, strong tight ends and, and big receivers. Um, so I think that is going to be the concern where you don't have to you, – you don't want to leave whoever's going to be covering those tight ends, whether it be um, a safety coming over the top or if you're going to have you know one of your outside linebackers out there. You don't want to leave those guys on an island um, for, for Brandon Peters to pick apart. So getting pressure and, and getting his face um, early and often is going to be not only important for this game, but I think the pass rush, we've talked about it a lot this offseason, that that's going to be the, the most imperative thing as – and the biggest question mark is if, if the Badgers um, get the usual pressure that they can and, and what Jim Leonard likes to do, who's it going to come from? I don't think there's any doubt that there'll be times where they'll get the pressure that they want, but there's going to be times where I think they're going to struggle a little bit in that facet because you don't have Zach Bond. You don't have – Chris Orr was great as an inside linebacker, you know, getting in there. So there's a lot of different things that uh, – that you have to replace in there, and there's faces to do it. But I think if you can get to Brandon Peters and stop the run game and make them one-dimensional and then just kind of pin your ears back and and tee off, I think that's the biggest thing that might separate this game and and allow the defense to help help the offense kind of put things away. Yeah, I mean, Illinois, Brandon Peters was sacked nearly 10% of the time last year, which is crazy high percentage compared to a lot of teams in the country. They were well into the 100s in that, and they were also one of the worst in the country in offensive explosiveness. You couldn't have told that story when you saw the Badgers play them last year because of the missed tackles. The Badgers need to make sure that they wrap up so that they can keep those explosive plays not happening, which once again comes from those cornerbacks, those those safeties, those linebackers who are in coverage to wrap up and tackle immediately to their job because the Badgers are going to be bringing blitzes, I would assume, because they need to make up for the loss of a guy like Bond, a guy like Chris Orr. 
transitioning a little bit. You know, we talked about I think what the, uh, the, the each side needs to do, but. If there's a concern for you in this game, and you know every game there's something that is going to pop out and say if they do this or if they if they don't do this, you know this could make the game you know maybe stay closer than it should be um, for longer. Is there what is maybe your concern? Because I think based off the game last year, there's one glaring one in, in Illinois as a whole last year um, that you could speak to. But what is what is some maybe something that you are worried about in this game? Well, I. So I'm going to start it off by saying the one that we're probably both looking at and that every single person, as well as the Badgers, have circled is turnovers. Mm-hmm. The, that's Illinois was fantastic out that last year. They were really good. I think they were like tops in the nation at pick, at pick sixes or defensive scores in addition to the fact that they were really good at turning the ball over. Lovey Smith predicates his entire defense to that. And I know that that's been a big talking point for Jim Leonard as well this offseason for his defense. So the Badgers need to win the turnover battle, especially when you have a young quarterback. You're going into this with a guy who's probably going to be willing to make a few more risks than what we saw out of Jack Cohn. Can the Badgers make sure to to win that defensively and, and not end up? Uh, turn Illinois over because I'm guessing there's going to be a time or a place that Wisconsin's going to turn the ball over. It can't um, turn into a turnstile that the Badgers allow more and more turnovers to happen because I think that's the big thing. And the other big concern that jumps out to me is special teams. I think the Badgers, we saw what how bad special teams were last year at times and how crippling that could be, dropping, flipping punts, doing things like that. That has completely shifted games. A missed field goal against Illinois completely shifted a game um, in addition to turnovers. But we've got – there's a huge or designation at your punter position that who knows who's actually going to be trotting out there. Um, and neither of those guys are really proven, at least in a Badger uniform. And then Calvin Walsh was, was very um, – was very erratic last year. So I think that's a big space for me to keep an eye on is, at least on my end, is I'm going to be excited to look and see how the special teams um, does because there is a lot of changes there and there's also a lot of questions about if there's going to be improvement. So I would say turnovers and special teams for me. Yeah, no, the turnovers one is, is the big concern for me and uh, and hopefully it's, doesn't, hopefully it's not a concern because that means you, you didn't turn the ball over. But you look at Illinois last year. I was doing, um, you know, I do a keys to victory post every week for the site, and I was looking through some numbers. And uh, you know, in, in the five games or the six games that Illinois won, they won the turnover battle in five of them. The the, uh, the one outlier was that just hideous back and forth game between Illinois and Nebraska, where it seemed like everybody was turning the ball over left and right, and and points were going up uh, like crazy. So really. If you take out just a weird, wacky game against Nebraska, they were essentially five of five. Where if they won the turnover battle, um, they were they were winning the game there. So it's important to look at, and you look at their uh, their numbers from last season. They they ranked twelfth in turnover margin, tops in the Big Ten. So the they lived and died uh, off the turnover um, on the offensive side of the or on the defensive side of the football. Um, Stephen Cohn talked about it a little bit that that uh, Lovey Smith has really preached. You know, forcing turnovers, the peanut punch from his NFL days. Um, it, it's kind of the same as his NFL defenses in the past. Uh, that way, if they get the right bodies that they can play physical, they can be a really strong unit because they turn you over. So that is definitely a, a big concern for the Badgers that if you're going to, and I, I do agree with you, I think at some point there's going to be a mishap. It's a redshirt freshman quarterback. It's a new, uh, you know, couple new ball carriers that are taking on a much bigger load. Uh, there's probably going to be a mishap at some point. We've we've seen college football these first uh, six seven weeks has there's been some ugly times, and I don't think the Big Ten is going to be immune to that where they're uh, they're just starting up and they're going to be crisp and clean. There's uh, there's going to be some moments um, that things are going to happen that uh, that you don't want to. That's just football, but even more so in 2020. So limiting the turnovers and and winning that margin, I think, is going to be super important for the Badgers to uh, you know find success on uh, on the offensive and, and defensive side of the football. Yeah, I think I think that's going to be if there's one crux of the game, it's it's the turnover battle because that absolutely killed them last year and the Badgers uh, just completely pissed that game away because of turnovers and on multiple occasions. Yeah, I was watching the uh, when I was writing some stuff, I was watching uh, kind of a condensed version of that game and gosh, it 
it, it, you look at the stats of the game last year, and not to dwell on it too much because it's a completely new team for both sides, but Wisconsin really, when you look at it, dominated the time of possession 40-20. to 20. You know, they had the ball up two scores, driving, you know, on the opponent's 40 when Jonathan Taylor put it on the turf, and uh, they, they really had no business losing that game. So if you can just hang on to the football, take care of things, do what you got to do, um, I think, you know, it's, of course, easier said than done, and Illinois preaches it on the defensive side of the football. But if you can do that, um, I think they should be in, in good shape to come away with a victory. But uh, we'll, we'll transition a little bit over here into, um, you know, first game. Uh, which players, uh, you know, we'll, we'll put in an end I think everyone's excited to see Graham Mertz and the Graham Mertz experience get started. Um, but who are you excited to see Friday night um, you know, take the field? Because I know we're – Happy to have Badger football back, but there's got to be a couple guys uh, on your eyes, maybe on offense and defense, that uh, you're excited to see get out there. Yeah, I'll, um, I would say for me on on defense, I'm really excited to see Keanu Benton. I think uh, he's been a guy that made a lot of strides last year. I, I think you know physically he's been there. Now he's kind of gotten hopefully a little bit better technique. Um, was able to kind of really work on that in the off season. I know Jim Leonard in his most recent um, presser was talking specifically about what Benton brings to the table and how excited they are to see what he can do this year, especially uh, just based off of um, using last year as kind of a, a catapult to what he can do. Um, so I would say Keanu Benton, I think he's going to have a huge year, and I think just that D-line is, is really going to be solid. Hopefully Benton can be the type of disruptor in the front seven that the Badgers haven't really had on the D-line since probably J.J. Watt. Um, and then on offense, I, I think it's got to be Chimray DK, at least for me. There's there's no telling how many touches he's going to get on Friday. I think he is definitely – I know he's listed in the depth chart as, as um, not in the top four, but I definitely think he's going to be a guy that's going to see the field a lot. I know Eric Burrell and a lot of players have been talking about him as – as look out that this kid's for real. Graham Mertz even kind of poked fun at him, saying that the, how good he is. So I think I think seeing how he develops into this offense, he's got good size at six one. You don't usually see that uh, at a lot of wide receivers. He's the tallest of those four out of the five in the starting. So I, I would say his his rare blend of explosiveness and the fact that he's a true freshman really pop out to me. So I would say Keanu Benton. Chimray DK, I want to see what these two young guys can do after a crazy offseason and how, how uh, effective they can be, regardless of how often they're out there. Yeah, I think both of those answers are, are, are great answers and, and great reasoning. You know, a lot of excitement building around both of those guys for, uh, you know, what Keanu Benton did last year and what uh, they think Chimray DK can do. And uh, I, I agree with you. I would have said DK as well, but we'll switch it up and and do a couple other guys. And for me on the defensive side of the ball, I'm I'm excited to see uh, Scott Nelson back out there, see what he's got at that safety position. I think uh, the, the not having Reggie Pearson kind of heightens the, not anxiety, but the worry that if is he's going to be back um, to playing his normal self. And if he is, you know, you've got another solid safety option that's going to play more. And, of course, Colin Wilder will be in there as well. And then uh, I would also say Isaiah Green may. You know, it's it's – if there's a player that I've been not hard on, but I've been kind of doubt, doubtful on, it's, it's kind of Isaiah Green May just because we haven't seen it yet. So I'd love for him to come out and, and have a good game and, and tell me to, to eat crow. But I, I, and I think he definitely can. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not doubting his abilities at all. It's just we haven't seen it yet. And there was excitement around him last year. Now he's going to take on a bigger role, and he, we're going to need him to – to really be a guy that gets after the quarterback and hopefully can bring some presence there. So I'm excited to see what he can do, and, and hopefully he can uh, step his game up and, and be a solid contributor at that outside linebacker position. And then you know, on offense, um, there's a lot of guys that we've, we've seen before that we know what they bring. It's going to be cool to see John Deaton back out there. It's, it's going to be, I think for me, it's going to be cool to see Hayden Rucci out there in a little bit. I know Jake Ferguson will be your, your main passing target, but maybe Rucci gets in there and, you know, works that connection with Mertz as well. So a lot of new faces, but it's it's exciting to kind of see um, what those guys might bring. Yeah, I think the the battle at outside linebacker, I mean, obviously they're on the same team here, but, but really they're fighting for reps between Isaiah Green May and Nick Herbig, both designated with that or uh, as starters. I think – 
it, that is going to be really fun to watch, not only this game, but throughout the season. Because there's only eight games, it, it makes it so that each game is so important um, beyond what we normally see when you can get to, say, 14-game season. So um, it's it's one of those things where we saw Green May come in as a starter last year. Um, can can he hold on to it, or is Nick Herbig dethrone him, kind of like what we saw from uh, Noah Burks last year when Green May battled with that thumb injury? Yeah, that'll be interesting to watch. So just to recap here, guys, keys to victory, um, I think we, we hit on it. Uh, getting pressure on Brandon Peters, uh, taking care of the football and uh, running the football down their throat is, is going to be imperative in this game on Friday evening. So uh, I think we've kind of hit on everything we've planned on for the game preview. So before we get to our interview with Stephen Cohen of the Champagne Room to get a little bit more insider access to Illinois, We'll do what we usually do, score predictions. So, Matt, where are you going for uh, this one on Friday night? Um, I think you, just based off of what we've seen so far in college football, there's been a lot of scoring. Um, I know the Badgers have a really good defense coming back, uh, but I also think Illinois has a pretty pretty solid offense and really has some, some talent uh, around that roster, especially if Brandon Peters can – can take a nice leap from last year. So I think they'll keep it close. I know last time I saw it, uh, the the betting line was just under 20 now maybe, or right around 20. Um, so I want to say that it'll it'll the Badgers won't quite cover, but they'll still win comfortably. So I'm going to say it's a two-score win of 38-24. I totally agree with you. I think uh, I have, have the same mindset I, I thought – uh, when I did Illinois' po- podcast, I, I did 28-14. to 14. I think it could be maybe even a little bit higher than that. Maybe 31-17 is where I was thinking Illinois keeps it in the number and, and maybe hangs around a little bit longer than, than Wisconsin wants them to. But uh, I think uh, if you're taking care of the football, maybe they t- you know hang around and, and the Badgers force uh, a turnover and, and get it in a favorable fo- field position and then kind of start to put that away. So it sounds like we're both in agreement, maybe that 14-point margin – uh, Wisconsin takes care of business in the opener and gets it started 1-0. and All right, so if you had to shoot your shot right now, who's going to be the player that we're talking about coming out of the game? Ooh, that is a good question. You know, is it? it's too easy to say Graham Mertz, but I, I do think he could, we, we could come out Friday night and just see him kind of sling it around and, and, and surprise everyone, but... I think if we were being realistic, I'm. I think we're going to be talking about Garrett Groshek. I've been kind of high on him as a guy that could get a lot of reps. I, I I'm not a doubter in the key Watson, but I think you could see Groshek and Garendo get a lot of those uh, snaps at tailback. But your first game uh, back, you probably want to lean on a guy that has played a lot of football. You're going to run the football a lot, so I think Groshek's going to be a guy um, that we're talking about uh, come next week. What about yourself? Um, I would have to say you you picked an offensive guy, so I'll go defense. I, I honestly think that the the Badgers are going to be talking about one of the one of the cornerbacks. I'm I'm going to say either Wild Goose Williams or Hicks. One of those guys is going to have a nice uh, a big interception. So I'm going to go with one of those guys because I do think that if the Badgers are able to get pressure, um, one of those three should be able to to make a play. Hopefully. I know that that's been a big talking point for Jim Leonard all offseason. So one of those three guys gets a really nice pick um, and helps the Badger defense out big. I like that. I like that pick a lot. So, all right, guys, well, that wraps up our preview of the game. Uh, We'll go ahead and kick it over to our ad reads, and then we're going to get into our interview with Stephen Cohn of the Champagne Room. He's a writer and uh, guy over at uh, the Champagne Room, like I said. Um, he's uh, actually here in the Madison area, so he's in enemy territory, but he gave some good insight on the uh, Fighting Illini, what he expects from them uh, on their offense, on their defense, and, and what he thinks uh, might happen Friday even. So make sure to check that out, and we will be back with you guys uh, for a Friday episode. Like you mentioned, we'll do the Big Ten preview um, with uh, Pick 6 previews on that. So a lot of fun stuff as we get closer to kickoff. So Stick with us through a couple quick ad reads here, and then we'll get into our interview with Steven. All right, Badger fans, we now welcome on a very special guest, Stephen Cohn from the Champagne Room, SB Nation site for Illinois Athletics. So if you're looking for an opponent's perspective on Friday night's game, make sure to go check them out over at the Champagne Room. 
Stephen, how are you uh, doing today? Well, it's uh, it's been like 300 days at this point since Illinois played a football game. Like two days more than Wisconsin played a game because Illinois played like December 30th uh, in their bowl game, which they actually made. Never really forgot. Uh, so I'm just excited to uh, have that back because, um, you know, we didn't win the Big Ten in basketball. Uh, we didn't win the d- division in football. So it's just like I need something to look forward to and hope for it. There you go. Yeah, it is great to be back. You know, like we were saying on our podcast the other day, our episode that came out, we've been uh, scratching and, and crawling and, and, and trying to make it to this day. And it's finally uh, getting closer and closer. And it's it's much easier for us to talk about football and, and what we expect from the team and, and things like that than trying to make up segments. These last few months have been uh, a can tough I, one. Can I, can I just make a point? Uh, oh, of I listened course. to the Scary Alvarez pod like on last week. That was the first time I've listened to, the, to your pod. <laughs> and uh, why was I rolling on the floor? Like, that was – how was do you get Scary Alvarez to do such an interview? I I am wondering that myself. Um, the the anonymous source of, of Scary Alvarez did a, a wonderful job. If you guys haven't listened to that already, you probably have because it was – I think within two days, it was one of our, it's probably our most listened to episode by far now, but within uh, a couple of days, it was it was skyrocketing up our leaderboard, but uh, yeah, it was very Is Barry funny. always that chill? Like, is he always that cool, just overall? From the brief, you know, I've only seen him and, and kind of talked to him in a smaller setting um, at, uh, at Big Ten Media Days, and he was always pretty, I mean, there's people around, there's cameras around at that, maybe he's more relaxed. <laughs> I know I know Paul Chris is more relaxed when there's not uh, all those people walking around and, and listening to him and stuff, stuff like that. But Barry seemed pretty relaxed, like he was just uh, kicking back and, and having a nice Sunday afternoon with a friend. But it's, yeah, and I don't think he understood <laughs> what was going on was the thing. So that, that's my <laughs> last point. He did not but, know what was happening. <laughs> yeah, no, he he was a good sport on it, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad that that somehow came to fruition because it was uh, uh, unlike anything I've ever heard from Barry Alvarez before. So. Yeah. <laughs> but let's start with, with Illinois. I, I kind of want to start with uh, the program as a whole. Like you said, six wins last year, back to a bowl game for the first time in, what, is that five years? Uh, six uh, years. Six years? Okay. So not to bring that up, but that's a, that's a good start for Illinois to get back to where they are, you know, are wanting to get to. So coming into this year, coming off that year, what are kind of the expectations for fans? And has confidence in, in Lovey Smith kind of improved after a rocky start? You know, he knocked off. You know, our number six Wisconsin last year, which is a painful memory to talk about. But it seems like maybe expectations are not, like, higher, but uh, I think confidence seems to be better in, in Illinois football as a whole. I think there's kind of, like, two ways to look at this. There's, like, before the pandemic and then after the pandemic. And this is what I'm kind of doing a column on right now also for the Champagne Room. Uh, before the pandemic, Illinois is coming off a bowl game, and Lovey has two years left in his contract. And this is kind of the make-or-break year now. It's like Illinois, they have a very easy non-conference schedule, so that's got to be 3-0. Uh, you still have Rutgers and Purdue on the Big Ten schedule. That's five wins already. Find two or three more, and you're talking a seven, eight-win team. And suddenly, Lovey Smith has built a program. Now, if that doesn't happen in 2020, then Lovey's gone. And at least he set the standard for what Illinois football should be going forward, coming off a bowl game. Uh, then you get into the pandemic. Uh, Lovey Smith is obviously a black coach. There are not many of those across the country. Uh, Illinois is a mostly black football team. And the way he has kind of allowed his players to speak out, he has marched with them, he has spoken on behalf of them. Uh, that has been a huge thing that the players, I think, have really, really bought into over the past six, seven months during social justice conversations across the country. And that's been huge also. Uh, just for, like, how people in the Illinois community respect Lovey Smith, which they always did, but it's kind of changed now. And then you kind of get the football season where now there is not a six-win marker to make a bowl this year. You could make it with, like, four wins. You can make it with two wins. You can make it with one win. And I think Illinois goes bowling either way. Lovey Smith has bought himself an extra year, and there are really no expectations anymore for 2020 because we don't know what this team looks like, and I think that goes for a lot of big-time college football programs right now. Maybe now Wisconsin, maybe they want to go 8-0 and in the regular season still, obviously. But for Illinois, there are very few expectations for this year, and we don't really know what to expect from this team. And, you know, uh, from an opponent perspective, you know, going into games with, with teams that kind of have that attitude can kind of be worrisome because, uh, you know, 
Of course, there's something to lose. You can lose the football game, but in, the, in the, some programs' eyes, if you don't expect to be, you know, contending for a Big Ten championship or, or making the playoff, if you've got nothing to really lose and you're just going out there and you know playing relaxed and letting it letting it fly and playing loose, you know that can that can run you into uh, you know some trouble if you're a team that uh, is not doing that. And so it's an it's definitely a worrisome game. I mean, for Badger fans, I know. In the past, <laughs> Illinois has been a, a spot where you look favorably, but after last year, I think uh, the anxiety has certainly ratcheted up with uh, with this matchup. And you know, you look you look at the team as a whole, and we'll start we'll start kind of on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. You've got some good pillar pieces. You know, you got Brandon Peters back at quarterback, um, and and last year Illinois seemed to to really click when he was on the field. I know we battled through a little bit of injuries, but. What do you think he needs to do to kind of keep that going into this season where he can kind of just, like you said, uh, play loose and, and kind of let it all, you know, hang out? Well, it helps now that he has a few more weapons on offense. He kind of knows what he has uh, because, obviously, he didn't really get to start working with the team until, like, July of last year, which was very close to, like, week one. So he didn't really get in that groove. So I think now um, – I know he worked with Kurt Warner this offseason, so obviously a Hall of Famer, a Super Bowl champion, um, who said he's just trying to help him find his spots. Like, he's a lot more athletic than I think we gave him credit for, like a white guy from Michigan. Well, he's from Indiana, but going to Michigan, um, I don't really know what if we had high hopes for, like, his athletic ability, but he could actually run, uh, he could scramble. He has very good pocket awareness. He has a great offensive line now. So I think just letting him kind of play to his strengths, which I know is cliche in a lot of ways, uh, will do will be what's best for Illinois. The running game, as we'll talk about, kind of sucks. Um, so it's going to kind of fall on how good can Brandon Peters be and can he find his wideouts and his tight ends um, that are going to make it easier for him to throw the ball. And it's up to him to be able to find those guys. And last year, he struggled in those moments sometimes. This year, he knows what he has on offense, which I think is going to be a big, big difference. Yeah, and you, you brought it up with transitions nicely into the receiving core because you look at it's it's a pretty solid core coming back. Uh, I believe the top four receivers in terms of receptions and yards led by Josh M. Oh, I always butcher his last close. name. <laughs> You're almost there. Inter baby. Inter matter baby. Inter matter baby. See, I like even on my notes here. I wrote the pronunciation like how <laughs> you do it officially, and I still got it wrong. And um, so I, I gave it my best shot, Illinois fans. If you're listening to this, I, I promise I, I'm trying because he's a very, very good player that uh, you want to get his name right and show him that respect. But uh, he, he definitely he's gonna be needs. Up, so he's yeah. gonna be there next. <laughs> I'd love to see him in a Green Bay Packer uniform uh, here. Shad. That's I think, like where uh, most Illinois whiteouts <laughs> So like, I'm not gonna lie. You've got Geronimo for two seasons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he definitely, you know, is the I would say your wideout number one, top probably target um, that that Peters is gonna look for. Last year, the the pass offense, while it, it looked pretty good at times, it it still ranked 105th in the nation. So. What do they need to do to maybe be more consistent and kind of improve on that mark in 2020? I think it goes beyond just the wideouts. This is a three-tight end offense, which I don't know how many of those are in the Big Ten ever. Uh, like, that's not a college offense. Uh, like, to re- like they're going to put three tight ends out there. I think a third to half the amount of plays on offense this season. And so you have um, – it, it starts with Luke Ford, who Luke Ford went to Georgia – and then transferred to Illinois. He's from Illinois. Um, he wanted to be closer to his grandfather, who was sick, and now he, he has passed away this past offseason. Um, and he was not granted a, a immediate eligibility waiver, so he had to sit out last season after really never playing in Georgia in the first place. Um, and so that's kind of suddenly your biggest target, which is pretty remarkable because um, they had two other guys. I'm blanking on a name right now. I'm sorry. I'm embarrassing myself. Uh, it's, it's been, it's been a hot sec. <laughs> I thought I was more prepared. Oh, God. No, this isn't good. Uh, sorry. I'm really looking bad. Uh, Daniel Barker. There we go. I don't know why I couldn't do that. <laughs> no worries. You can always cut that out if you need to. Michigan State <laughs> last year when Illinois came back down from 28 to 3 and went to a bowl. Uh, he was the top tight end target last year. Luke Ford eclipses him tenfold. Like Luke Ford might be the best tight end in the Big Ten that you've never heard of, and he will be by the end of the season. Um, you add Daniel Barker in there. Daniel Barker 
reliable, solid pass catcher. And then, then you get Josh from Matter Bay's brother, Daniel Matter Bay, who went to USC as well and just transferred as a grad transfer to Illinois. You get those three tight ends. Those three tight ends are better, I think, than every wide receiver but Josh from Matter Bay, and they're all bigger than Josh from Matter Bay. So you have four huge guys. You can catch Brandon Peters' balls. Like, I, I think the passing game should be terrific this year. That's interesting to note. I didn't realize uh, the tight end depth that you guys have, have kind of got there. So you look at the pieces. You've got a senior quarterback, solid wide out in, in tight end core. I believe, you know, we talk, you touched on a little bit with the offensive line. I believe four rest- returning starters and mm-hmm. uh, maybe another guy that's played a little bit there. Yeah. So yeah. all nice pieces. What is maybe the concern? Because I was going to touch on the running backs. It looks like if you look at it, um, you know, just as an outsider's perspective, looking at what's back here in my Athlon magazine, it looks like you've got the pieces for a good offense, but the running back room looks like it might be the, the spot that Illinois fans are a little worried about. Yeah, so you had Reggie Corbin for two of the past two years being the top running back, uh, had over 1,000 yards back in 2018. Uh, then you had Dre Brown, who had three ACL injuries and still came back last season. He had another year of eligibility. He foregone, he forewent that. Um, what's the what's the term? Pen, tense of the term uh, word. Uh, but he he didn't he didn't decide not to come back for that seventh year, which would have been insane. And uh, he was basically him and Corbin split carries last year. Rayvon Bonner, uh, he's opted out of the season for coronavirus concerns. So you're down your top three backs from last year. You do have Mike Epstein, who he it's his fourth year now, but he's really only played like. 13 or 14 total games. He's been electric sometimes when he has played, but those have mostly been non-conference games. Then he tears his ACL typically, and then he's out. So if he can stay healthy for a full season, he could get 600, 700 yards in these eight games. Uh, no one's holding their breath for that, though. Um, and then you got guys like Kenyon Sims. He, he's young. He hasn't really done much. Uh, you get Chase Brown. He's a, a transfer from Western Michigan. We don't know what he's going to be like. So there's a lot of questions in the backfield, and that's when Rod Smith, the offensive coordinator for Illinois, he used to work with Khalil Tate at Arizona back when Khalil Tate was a Heisman candidate like four years ago. And he prefers running the ball, which is not what this offense obviously is going to be best at. So it's going to be a matter of can he switch up the scheme enough to pass maybe 75% of the time or be creative with passing because this backfield is not going to be able to carry the ball 30 times a game. There's not enough backs. Yeah, that's the that's the kind of perspective that I was uh, looking for because I know Reggie Corbin has been a really solid player for the past two seasons. So trying to find a, a guy to fill those shoes is, is definitely going to be a difficult situation. And I knew I wasn't sure about the status of Mike Epstein because I knew he was battling back from injury that way. So that's a good one to know. You know he's healthy right now. It's a matter of is he healthy in 10 days. Sure. So sure. that's not a knock on him. That's just been his entire career to almost kind of like a Mike Dudek from like six, seven years ago at this point. Uh, he kept getting injured. He was a electric when he got to play, but he kept getting hurt, and it ended up hurting the Illini for that was four years of Mike Dudek, and now it's been four years of Mike Epstein, and he has not been able to stay on the field. All right, so transitioning over to the defense here a little bit, you know, Illinois – Loses their top tackler in Indy Lee Harding and a dominating – oh, here we go, another name. <laughs> dominating <laughs> pass rusher, Olowe Batiku. Did I get that one closer? We just called him Wole. Wole? Okay. Yeah, that, that, was, that was nickname. He's also a very good artist. So Yeah, I remember talking about that uh, well, last year a little bit. I remember you guys uh, mentioning that, that he was really good um, at some of that stuff. So, uh, But great on the field, too. Uh, nine sacks last year, just a, a dominating pass rusher in the Big Ten. So some some voids to fill with those two. Is is there any names that jump out that will kind of – of course, there's going to be a top tackler. There's, there's Someone's playing defense to make up those tackles. But who do you see kind of stepping into those roles as a, as a tackler and as a, a dominating pass rusher? Well, Dale Harding still essentially on the team as a uh, grad assistant now, which is really cool. So he still gets to like, work with like the linebackers after finishing, I think, second day in the nation to the guy Illinois played on Cal, who had the most tackles in the nation. So they still have Dale Harding's presence there. He might not be in the field. Uh, but definitely Jake Hansen, ready to take over that Mike linebacker, which is kind of like the, the star of Lovey Smith defenses that we've seen for 20 years now. Um, you think, like, back to Brian Urlacher, that's kind of like what Jake Hansen can be. 
Um, he can do the peanut punch. He can make guys fumble all day. But he's going to get 100 tackles in eight games, which um, just because he is the centerpiece of this um, offense, which or defense. Uh, and he's definitely a leader. He's fought through some injuries too, but he's definitely ready to take that next step. And uh, he could be in the NFL next year. Um, he's got that size. So we'll see about that. Uh, when I'm thinking of guys on the line, though, that um, so this line very veteran. You got three big seniors: Jamal Woods, Isaiah Gay, Owen Carney Jr. Um, and I think Jamal Woods could definitely have uh, like ten sacks this year. Like he's that good. Um, and Illinois just keeps pumping guys out on the line, uh, and that's that's just what it is to it. Like they have a they have a lot of depth on the defensive line. Roderick Perry looks really good. He was a transfer from an FCS school. Uh, but, yeah, like, I don't know how good they're going to be overall, but they have some good pieces. Well, speaking of, you, you touched on the, the peanut punch a little bit. Turnovers last year were, were really a strong strength for this defense. Wisconsin thought, um, you know, more than probably most with uh, the game that they had at Illinois. Plus 10 in turnover margin, led the Big Ten, top 15 in the nation. I would have to imagine, that is that something the coaching staff really focuses on, on, on teaching those fundamentals to – try and, and turn the opposing offense over as much as they can? Yeah, Lovey Smith, like, mentioned this again during his, like, week one press conference yesterday, but his, like, emphasis, and we've seen this for over a decade now as Bears fans and Illini fans, is that he he focuses on the big play on defense. Like, uh, it wasn't really like that in the NFL because your defense is more talented overall. He hasn't really changed a single damn thing since he came to college. And he and at this point, basically, I got that 4-3 defense, uh, and he just focuses on, okay, if you want to get 40 points a game, that's fine, but we're going to hope that we can get four turnovers and limit you down to 20 points. And it sometimes worked. It worked, obviously, against Wisconsin last year when they held them to 23. Wisconsin could have easily put up 40 points if they didn't turn over the ball four times, you know? So, like... Lovey Smith defenses, they hope they can get the big play. They forced a lot of fumbles last year, which is nice. They had a bunch of pick sixes, I think the most in the nation with like three or four. Uh, but if they can't get those, it's going to be a long season. But that's what Lovey Smith's defense puts an emphasis on. And the secondary can do it, the, the linebackers can do it, and the defensive line can hold you in the backfield. Uh, that's the that's Lovey Smith's recipe to win. He's a defensive coordinator now. He has been for a year. Kind of worked a lot better last year than the year before. They gave up 63 points in three separate games, including the Maryland. Uh, but, yeah, that's Lovey Smith on defense. That's that's Lovey Smith. He's not changing a bit. Uh, that's who he's going to be the rest of his career. If you like it or not, Illinois is going to live or die by the turnover. Yeah, live or die is a good way to put it. I think I was looking for an article yesterday that uh, in the six wins, I think Illinois won the turnover uh, battle in five of them. So uh, that uh, kind of shows you what uh, what you can expect right there. And for Badger fans, lost the turnover battle and, and lost that game in, in heartbreaking fashion. But mm-hmm. so overall, uh, on, the, on the defense a little bit, what would you just kind of say in, in simple terms, what do you think is the strength and, and maybe the weakness of this unit? Uh, I think the strength of the ability to turn over, force turnovers. Uh, the weakness, though, just the big play. Like they're the secondary is going to be young. Uh, they still have Nate Hobbs, who uh, I think will still be in the NFL one day. Although I thought that day would be last year, and he didn't declare for the draft. Um, but like you can definitely like gouge them for huge plays and 75-yard drives. And the biggest thing is, can the offense keep the defense off the field enough? Because there were a lot of three and outs on offense last year, and this defense would spend 40, 45 minutes on the field in a game. Uh, and I think that happened a few times. Yeah, I and think I looked at the it's just time like, of possession. Yeah, they're just they're last so year tired. With like 40 and they minutes. have more depth like on the defensive line this year, but like last year they didn't have all this depth, and it killed them. And I just hope this year the offense can do enough to put the defense in a better position to succeed. You fell behind 28-3 to against Michigan State. That was the offense's fault. They couldn't get a single thing going. They had a great fourth quarter, but the defense did everything it could. But if you're on the field for 45 minutes, you can't do much. Yeah, that's a tough ask for, for any defensive unit there. Um, all right, so we've went through the team. Uh, let's finish it up by talking about the game a little bit. So what do you think, we always like to ask um, you, you know, the, the guests that we have on, what do you think Illinois needs to do to win Friday night, and what do you think will kind of be the end result come uh, late Friday evening? Well, I'm sure you saw Lovey Smith said yesterday, uh, 
on Monday, that um, he would, if he had a choice in front of, of playing in front of 90,000 Badger fans at Camp Randall or a choice of playing in front of none, he would choose none. Uh, so you could say he's scared. I don't think he's scared. I think he just wants, like, a nice, quiet atmosphere. Uh, give him a chance. Um, so I think Illinois needs to find a way, though, to, uh, I don't know, I just guess get, like, stop Graham Mertz. We haven't really seen much of Graham Mertz ever. Uh, they've seen Jack Cohn. They haven't seen much of Graham Mertz. So can they, like, limit what Graham Mertz can do? And, like, I obviously I don't know what Wisconsin's going to look like either. I don't think you do. They don't have Jonathan Taylor anymore. It's a very different team, essentially, than last year now. Uh, I, I think this is the best the thing they can do most is just kind of follow the recipe for last year and just hope that they can stay in the game long enough to get lucky at the end. That's, yeah, I think that's a great point. You know, the the Wisconsin team is a lot different than, than what they were last year. There's a lot of moving pieces, and especially now with a new quarterback as well, one that you didn't expect. You expected to not have Jonathan Taylor, but you didn't expect to not have Jack Cohn. So it'll be a different and, and interesting. So Like, it's not an advantage. Like, it's an advantage to not have to face Jack Cohn because I think, I personally think he's better than Grammar's. <clears throat> But, like, at least the Jack Cohn didn't get hurt, like, this week. They, in, in Illinois' defense, they were able to prepare a little more and game plan for what they know Graham Mertz is going to do. And it wasn't, like, a three-day thing uh, where it's, like, Jack Cohn goes down today, Graham Mertz is going in. I feel like Wisconsin would have the advantage in that case because Graham Mertz at least gets reps. Like, Illinois wouldn't know how to prepare more so. Um, but I think, like, there's not really a, a key to victory for Illinois. I'm not confident Illinois is going to win. I just think they have to stay in the game and then maybe get lucky with a field goal down again. That sounds familiar. It sounds <laughs> a lot like, like last year. You guys. Yep, it does sound like a nightmare. So, um, All right, well, Stephen, we really appreciate you coming on. We'll, uh, we'll wish you good luck on uh, Friday night, but not too much luck because uh, Badger fans want to avoid that upset, especially at Camp Randall. I know there won't be any fans. Uh, but uh, hopefully we can uh, pull this one off this year and not fall into that trap once again. So, uh, all right, Badger fans, don't, don't go to a party. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Good call there. So, all right, guys, well, that wraps up our uh, interview with Stephen Cohn from the Champagne Room. Uh, again, if you guys are looking for that opponent perspective, go check those guys out. They do a great job at the site. Um, this is our Wednesday episode. Like I said, we've got three planned for this week. We'll be back on Friday with our Big Ten preview. So as always, on Wisconsin.